Welcome back to another exciting week in the Web3 universe. I'm your host, The Mayor, and you're listening to the best NFT media-nominated NFT and Chill podcast, the show that discusses interesting topics with artists, creators, and thought leaders from the Web3 space. On this week's episode, I have a friend of mine, Phil Baca. He's the co-founder of Wendrop, host of The Graveyard Shift every Saturday. So sit back and chill while we explore the exciting world of NFTs together. You want to give yourself an introduction, Phil? Sure thing. Yeah, I'm Phil. I guess maybe better known as Fabaka, but I mean, either one's fine. I'm definitely not a Star Wars maxi. It was a name that was given to me only one time. And it just like stuck for all my social logins forever, which is kind of hilarious. Yeah, I host the Graveyard Shift every Saturday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard. I'm a part of a platform called Wendrop, which we'll get into in a little bit. In real life, I'm a teacher and a coach. Uh, starting in NFTs in early 2021 has been uh, a whirlwind is the word I'll use. Yeah. So why don't we start there? Like, How did you first get into NFTs? I have like little memories of even before getting into NFTs, stumbling upon NBA Top Shot because they actually did do ads and then they pulled them and now they have ads again. Probably like November, December 2020, I saw them and I'm a card collector. I have been my whole life. You would think instantly it would have clicked, but it didn't actually. My first reaction is this is dumb. Kind of like, you know, what we call the normies now or people that haven't experienced NFTs. That's typically their first reaction. It's a scam. It's stupid. I could watch this on YouTube. All those things were in my mind too. Fast forward, I guess probably like a month and a half, two months. It was, I think the first week of January, 2021. I was actually getting done coaching a basketball game as funny as that is. And I had been looking at Top Shot and I was kind of starting to pick up my Twitter game. It was still super weak. I was following some accounts that were talking about it. And I looked at the platform and back then, believe it or not, you could go on and buy as many packs as you wanted to. That sounds crazy now. And I bought five packs and I ripped them. It was kind of instant, to be honest with you, because the pack opening experience was a plus. They had music, got to see the highlights. It reminded me so much of ripping packs or wax uh, in real life. And so that was my first experience in NFTs. And to be honest with you, I think the genius behind what Dapper Labs did was they made NFTs and things being verified on the blockchain, something that you actually didn't even need to know what it was doing technically. They made it dummy proof. And I was, I'm still a dummy, but I was more of a dummy then. So I was doing that and I was in a Discord, shout out Deposit Kingdom, which is run by Pete Overzet, who's just an awesome, awesome dude, pretty uh, popular on the uh, DFS streets. So real and quick, then, what, it, yeah. what is DFS? What is sure. that acronym? Daily Fantasy Sports. That was also my introduction to Discord, believe it or not. I, I had never been on Discord before that. And so being able to have those conversations with real people in real time talking top shot then led me to the channel within the deposit kingdom that was talking about NFTs. And at the time, it was not frequented at all. I was looking at NFTs and thinking, this makes sense as a, you know, a social token, a way to connect with a community and be something online, an online presence. That made sense to me. Because like to me, I equate it to why does someone buy the shirt that says Gucci on it? Well, it's because of Gucci. It's kind of a social flex. And that to me was what made profile pick NFTs, PFPs. It just made sense to me. I actually 
bought into a couple small projects that were like hundred piece or less. They were both awesome. Like had a, a good, nice tight knit community. Uh, the artists had great work. They were vibing. And then I, I think in both cases, what happened is the artist burnt out and they actually rugged. So I, I was, <laughs> o, I was over two, like right off the bat. Uh, hopefully you never experience a rug, but the chances are, if you're really getting into it heavy, there's going to be some time where an artist steps away. And now those one-of-one pieces aren't valuable. That would have been like March-ish. And then at the end of April, believe it or not, when Board Ape started, they didn't sell out right away. It took a week to sell out. Seeing their Twitter, I saw the art and I was like, oh, this is cool. I liked it, the Board Ape. It's not like it's amazing art, but it was just like kind of cool as a vibe. Yeah, that's cool. I'll follow them. And they were actually doing a giveaway for a Board Ape, which is hilarious to think now. Yeah, doing, right. They were doing like, a, you know, tag a couple people and follow us and retweet. Like they were doing that back then because they really didn't have a lot of traction. A few people, and when I say a few, probably 50 to 100 that can control every... I wake up at 1 a.m. my time. So it's officially May 1st. My son was up. And so I'm putting him back down. And I finally said, screw it. I was going to mint one, which minting, you know, is just buying at creation at the Genesis moment. And so I'm sitting there in my son's room, putting him back to sleep, literally DMing with the official board ape Twitter account, which they're responding like in time because they did not have the following they do now, which is like, it's crazy to talk about this. And I'm like, Hey, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me get more ETH to this? And it's going slow and I can't buy ETH because I'm in Texas and finally get enough. My liquidity was all in top shot at that point. Me paying the whatever it was, 280, 300 bucks. Like that felt like a ton. I push mint. I'm sitting there waiting. And it was just like a cool experience. I go to my MetaMask. And again, this is like, I barely knew what I was doing. I'm looking through my assets on the MetaMask mobile mm -hmm. and it populates. And it was orange background and a halo. And I loved the halo in the preview. And I was like, dope. It had pink fur and I loved the pink fur. I'm like, cool. Like this guy is dope. And I didn't know anything about rarity. Like that was something that wasn't talked about right away. I promise you it wasn't. You know, shortly thereafter, I'm in the Discord and Pranksy's in there and Gary V jumps in there. This is like, again, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. my time now. And I'm it's just starting to feel electric. Now, we didn't know at that moment it was going to be a 100-neath floor. Like no one knew it was going to be 100-neath floor at that point. Like a legitimate, real energy. And people were just talking. Gary V dropped by. Hey, love, what's happening here? This is great. I minted eight or whatever it was, the number he minted. And I told myself, I'm going to go to bed for like four or five hours. I'm going to wake up and then I am going to mint three more because I wanted to have a total of four. Well, I wake up at like 7 a.m. and they're sold out. So it's pretty crazy when you think about just that Genesis moment because it went from basically no traction to, to selling out. It's honestly kind of surreal when you're going back to that moment, like you said, 100th floor now, and it's a blue chip. And it, when people talk about NFTs, it's the first thing that comes to their minds. So, you know, taking yourself back to that is definitely cool. And I'm sure people listening will definitely get something out of that, especially if you're know, new projects coming into the space. I mean, anybody can come in and anybody can create something. All it takes is the right people, the right holders, and the right moment. Man, I hit 100 eat floor, but people can change their lives in this space. And I think that's pretty special. I try to tell people that are starting a project now, like sometimes it just, just takes the right like push and then the rest is history. Yeah, I think, you know, people in the space, especially if they weren't in during, you know, the board A genesis, if you will, don't really understand that they went through all the trials and tribulations that new projects even now are going through where you know, they didn't sell out first day. They didn't sell out within an hour. It took them a week. It wasn't parabolic from the start. Not everybody needs to go through the same sell out immediately and then start climbing the floor. I 
I think there's a lot of lessons to be had there too. And I think some unfortunate things can and have happened to projects when they don't sell out right away now. Because God, if you don't sell out within the first 48 hours, they just think you're done. They want to bury you. And that's just like such the wrong mindset. We should give a team time to, to bring in people that are legitimate, that organic growth. That's the best way to build a community. But the sad part is most projects that try to do that fail because yeah. they don't get enough sales. And then at the end of the day, you have have to have the sales. It's a startup. Like you're raising funds to then pursue your roadmap most of the time. It seems more and more every week, every day, every month that large accounts, large people in the space, they have so much of the pull of basically how anything goes and what happens. That just sucks so much if that's the way we go, because that's literally what we're trying to not be. Even some of those large accounts talk about, you know, wanting it to be, oh, it's Web3 and everybody can make it. And, you know, it's going to be for the community. And it's like, that's bullshit. You're pumping projects, you're getting things for free or discounted rate. And then other people are FOMOing in, then you're selling those bags on people. Also, if you don't like it, you don't talk about it. Unfortunately, sometimes that just means people don't mint it. That's freaking crazy. A few people, and when I say a few, probably 50 to 100 that can control everyone's thought on what to mint. Like that's oh, 100%. just sad. That's just super sad. You know, certain whales moving and kind of dictating things. That w- That is an absolute shame, especially because, you know, we talk about decentralization. It means is it's not centralized, shouldn't be controlled by very few there's a project that dropped today and there's been a lot of hubbub about it because they gave a bunch of free ones to large accounts. And those large accounts talked about how great their experience was, how good the art was. And now you see the art and the art's like, it's like below average. And the starting Dutch auction price where it was above three ETH, that's freaking absurd. You're going to give, you know, what is ETH at right now? Almost 3,500. So 10 grand free asset. These people are going to talk about it. A lot of them didn't put ad on their thing either, which is in my opinion, and just shady. It's bad practice. And then you're going to see some people that FOMO into it. I will say, I think the minting is going really slow and I'm really happy about that. I think pricing frustrates me as well, just because there's been too many great projects that have been below 0.1 that have done amazing things. And so you can't tell me you need a three freaking price, even a one ETH price, like Board Ape was 0.08. So what are we doing? Punks were free. Yeah. I just have a hard time. Well, look at Alien these. Yeah, exactly. 0.02. Like Cool Cats. There's like so many that were like 0.02, 0.04, 0.08. Like you can't tell me you need that kind of funding right off the rip. Like how about you prove something? 100%. You want the community to be priced in. And then you want to let the community and the market dictate what the value is of that NFT, in my opinion. These auctions, these crazy high mint prices, you know, I don't know. I've never understood it. I mean, I understand what they want to do, but it's like, you know, you're pricing out good quality community members. You're bringing in the whales, these flippers and people who are looking for when moon and stuff. I'm right with you on that. It's just frustrating. And so again, I do think things will shake out when we talk about the state of NFTs and what does it look like as we move forward? If we're just being honest, Azuki's at 35 floor already is pretty absurd. No matter how good you've been, Board Ape was not at 35 ETH after what, a month and a half, two months. That was not the case. This like meteoric rise, I think some of it was some of the things they did on their website, their contract was good. I mean, it was something that was a bit different. I'm not a technical person, so I won't dive into that. People liked the art. I think the reason the floor has gone so high now is again, some of these larger players have them. 
I don't think they're manipulating it. I think one of the big things was the token drop to apes because I know a lot of board ape holders that, you know, were airdropped six figures of this token. Some of them were able to put that into other projects. And I think Azuki was probably one of the bigger benefactors of that. There is absolutely FOMO right now. That happens with any project. I mean, it's run up like I think 10 ETH in a day. FOMO is a hell of a drug. I just hope for anyone that's getting in now at that 35 ETH floor, I hope they keep going. Like for me, I'm never rooting against a project unless it's an absolute shady person doing scammy things to people. If it's a legitimate project, even if I'm not in it, like I'm not rooting against them. I think that's a terrible mindset because the future of NFTs, we need more people here. How do we get that? We need lots of projects doing great things. And that doesn't mean lots of projects going to 100 ETH floor. It means projects doing awesome things for the community, giving back, having real utility. Utility is a buzzword, but having things that holders can do and experience with that asset. That's how you get people in because a lot of these people that are coming in that I know, at least like my friends, they can't go buy a board ape. I'm not friends with billionaires. I'm not friends with millionaires. There has to be different level projects. There needs to be you know that lower entry point. Like you were saying, there can be a mid tier always, and there'll be some of those higher ones. That higher price point, it eliminates a large portion of new people. That's a great point. When Coinbase eventually drops their marketplace, there's going to be a whole bunch of new people that, for one, might not have a whole lot of money to spend or or might not want to spend a whole lot of money right off the bat. So you're right. There needs to be quality projects at every level. The biggest thing is you know the education part. There's going to be a lot of people with a lot of questions and without a lot of knowledge. So, you know, projects definitely have to be willing to educate and the community as well. All of us community members, not just with projects, but the NFT community as a whole need to be willing to help educate all of these new people. I think personally, you do a fantastic job with that, with Graveyard Shift, Twitter space every Saturday. Education is huge in this space. Yeah, I think for me as a teacher in the real life, and I kind of think that term's funny because what we're doing now is still very much real life. Gosh, I've been teaching now for, I believe, 11 years. That's a long time to do anything. But that's exactly where the idea of Wendrop came to fruition was thinking, you know, what can I give back? What can I add to the NFT space to help the space as a whole? And for me is I'm an educator. So what can I do? I can educate. That doesn't mean I know everything. Then I started working with a group of guys. We are the founders of Wendrop. We were uh, consulting on different NFT projects. And we just thought, well, why not us? Why can't we start a platform where projects can come to get their name out there, to be more transparent? If they want to dox, they can. That's their decision. But in turn, what that does is it hopefully makes the space more safe for consumers, for new people. And then it would also include all this material. And that could be blogs, vlogs, podcasts like this one, spaces. It could be all of that all in one space. And then, hey, I'm brand new to NFTs and I don't know what minting means. Check out the glossary. Click here. Boom. You can check it out. Hey, you want to see what projects are minting tomorrow? Here's our calendar. Here's the Discord Twitter. Here's their website. Here's the price point. Here's what time, the date, all of it. Oh, what about rarity? I can tell you right now that we are developing our own rarity for Wendrop. What about tracking my wallet and assets within it and tracking projects and you know what the floor price is? Tools, right? That's coming too. So it's like this hub of information, real information curated by not just us, but also contributors that are doing awesome things in the space. And that's an 
always a changing and growing thing too. It can't just be founders. It can't just be the five of us. Like there's too much that we want to do that five people couldn't humanly do it by themselves. And so we have our first iteration of our website up. We have our discord open, but we have not pushed either. We want to push it when it's our second iteration. The first iteration was, Hey, let's get some feedback. Let's get some things going. Let's test out some features. And I can tell you that there's been a lot of updates on the back end and on the front end. Um, that's where the graveyard shift started too. you know, talk a little bit about that was, so I used to work in radio because I thought what better way to connect with people and be able to really curate the content that's available than doing it myself and having awesome people along for the ride. I started hosting them over the summer, not called the graveyard shift to that point, but I was just hosting spaces and having conversation with NFT people and friends. And it started mostly with deadhead holders. And then it uh, transitioned, I guess, in the fall, we started to roll with the graveyard shift. It was really about information, but real conversation. One thing we've always said on any of my spaces, if I'm running it, the stage is always open for all. That doesn't mean we won't kick you if you say something absurd, but that really doesn't happen because we've set the tone, we've set the mood for people to understand what's going on. It's a place for questions, comments, feedback. We occasionally highlight projects as well to hopefully help them get some more eyes on them. And I think also just help them talk about their project to people. I think that's a skill that's underrated, being able to actually talk about your project and then like feel the passion through that for the listeners. And if it's somebody's first time or their 60th time, they can still come up on stage if they want to. We'll always give somebody a mic. And I feel like we meet new people every week. Definitely. I mean, it's one of my favorite spaces since I found it probably back in November. I think I might have missed one when Basefish Mafia was in Las Vegas. Anybody could come up and speak. Anybody can bring a topic up, join in a discussion. Doesn't matter who you are. I think that was incredible. Spaces like that where people's ideas and their thoughts and opinions are just free flowing. It really helps the space as a whole. And, you know, community actually means something in those spaces. Stuff like that spreads. I mean, it's a butterfly effect. Let's talk a little bit more about Wendrop because I personally am very honored to be a contributor. I can't wait until you know everything starts to really get going because education and having a platform like that, kind of a one-stop shop for traders, collectors, projects, and all that, I think it's needed in this space for sure. Yeah, man. We love tapping into people that we know and people that are doing great things. Just to add to the site, we are not experts at everything. And we, again, cannot cover everything either. Being able to reach out to people that we know first and foremost that are doing great things and whether that's writing or having a space podcast, those are things that we can add directly to the site, which again, just helps more people. And so, yeah, I mean, with Wendrop, it, it really is our motto is we want it to be safe and inclusive place, being able to share information that's free tools that are free, resources that are free. And how do we make that happen? Well, our consumers, our people should never have to pay for that. We don't want it to have to be gated. We want to have to sell an NFT to fund the information. That doesn't mean we'll never have an NFT, but like for us, it's more about how can we get backing from different companies, maybe Ledger, maybe Unstoppable Domains. Like there are so many people that we've talked to that are willing and wanting more information and education about the space as a whole. Projects come to us and they want to be featured or they want to get on our calendar and they want to have a, their profile to be like better version, they would pay a, you know, a small fee. And that again, it just goes to then more information to our consumers because we don't want to have it gated. We want to be sharing information for anyone that wants to come across our space. If we can pull it off, I just believe it'll be the best platform for basically anything you need and want to do in NFTs. 
you first mentioned it on the graveyard shift and very excited about Wendrop. And I think the right people are involved and the vision and just the community and all of that. I think it's a pretty incredible uh, platform and it has the potential to be something great. I'm just excited for the journey. Ethereum goes up and down, NFTs go up and down. You know, there's always something happening. Enjoying the journey is probably the best mindset you can have in the space and just not being too emotional about every little thing that's happening because there's so much going on. I would agree. The journey is definitely something that we've leaned into. I'm actually a relatively impatient person too. I like things to be done and done really, really well. Like I'm kind of a perfectionist. I got a lot of these traits that don't like line up with when it comes to NFTs, but I'm figuring it out. <laughs> Lots of meditation. We'd love for God, everything to just be rocking at full capacity right now. But the reality is sometimes you got to step back, make sure things are ready to go because that first impression, when you really try to push it and market it, that's imperative too. And so it's an interesting balancing act. Along the way, it can be euphoric and it can be, you can feel like you got your teeth knocked into. As we started building this out, one day I can think, oh my gosh, I can, oh my God, I can see it. We're really going to be doing this everyone full-time. We're going to be able to bring in more people that can do NFTs full-time and do what they want to do. And then the next day you're like, well, shit, we're never going to do it. Like that. It's it's like the, the biggest roller coaster of emotions. And I guess that's perfect with NFTs. But I think what you said is like kind of enjoy the journey. It is hard right now. Speaking just me, myself, uh, having a full-time job, two children, a wife, dog, and trying to do this is really difficult to find the time um, necessary to sit down and do it. Typically, nights are the best time for me, but I'm really ready for summer. So I'll be just full-time NFTs in the summer. And then who knows, maybe by the fall, I'm also doing full-time NFTs. Could happen. Yeah, that's the dream. You know, I, I think what you said with the roller coaster, I mean, so many people probably in the space go through it. I know I go through it. You'll be on cloud nine, like everything's clicking. And, and then just the next week, it's like, man, I don't know what's going on. And <laughs> you just kind of feel like drained. But I love Web3. I know you love Web3 in the NFT space and crypto. And there's so many people that really enjoy what's happening. There's so many creatives and it's just incredible to, to be a part of. Do you guys have a hard launch for Wendrop? I would say our next iteration, which will not be our final, you know, us as butterflies, but it'll be we're out of the cocoon. You're already going to see some changes this next week. Well, maybe you won't, but we'll experience it on the back end. Our new design of the website, I'm thinking within the next two weeks is probably accurate because we're really close of the design being done. And then it's just building out some of these tools. Yeah, I'm super stoked about it. I can't wait. It's been a long time coming. We've been talking about it on the graveyard shift for quite some time, but I think all the hard work and the waiting is definitely going to pay off. I'm definitely stoked. We are as well. It'll be here sooner than you can blink three times. Well, it'll be like seven years in NFTs, but in you know, human life, it'll be a couple of weeks. Phil, I really appreciate you coming on. It was an absolute pleasure. This should be a great episode. People are going to get a lot out of it. The listeners should check out Wendrop for sure. If you are up late Saturday night, 11 p.m. Eastern, swing by the graveyard shift. Also give Phil a follow. I'll his links in the description. I just want to say thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure to, you know, become friends with you. I'd say that we are friends and it all started with a random Twitter space. And so for anyone that's out there, if you want to dive deeper into NFTs, if you want to make these relationships and, and really, if you just want to learn, I, I think the best start is to consume podcasts, read some blogs from people and then jump in Twitter spaces because there really is a lot of good information. You just got to find the right ones. So I just want to say thank you to you and the listeners. It's been a blast. 
Yeah, that's incredible advice. Thank you so much, Phil. I will see you tonight on the graveyard shift. Yes, sir. And that's it for the show. I want to thank my friend Phil Baca for coming on. This was a true pleasure for me. Give him a follow. He's an excellent ambassador to the space and somebody worth following. I'm also very excited to be a contributor for Wendrop. I think it's going to be a really excellent platform for not only new people, but experienced people in the space. And I can't wait to be a part of it. So tune in next week. We got a lot of great guests coming. Thank you so much to all the listeners and people supporting the show. Make sure you stop by the Graveyard shift every Saturday at 11 p.m. Eastern, every Wednesday, Blockchain After Dark at 10 p.m. Eastern. And we'll see you next week with another exciting episode. I'm the mayor, and you've been listening to the NFT and Chill podcast. Peace.